You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, everyone. It is Pierce, host of the PJ's Cast. And if you enjoy listening to the PJ's Cast as much as we do recording it, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends no matter what platform you may be on. We love discussing the Chicago Blackhawks and, of course, the game of hockey, but we want to reach this out to a wider audience, and doing all those things really help us out. So once again, if you enjoy the PJ's Cast, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends. And I hope you guys enjoyed the upcoming podcast episode. Welcome to one of the PJ's cast. I'm your host, Pierce. Alongside my good pal, Dylan. Uh, no Jimmy today, but looking at the score of this uh, Leafs Red Wings game right now, it'd probably be a good thing we don't have him on because we don't want to witness a man dying on camera. So um, right now, I think it's eight to seven. And the I think thing is, they're still. Nine, seven. It's nine to seven. <laughs> I think, I think, uh, yeah, Kasha just scored a short hit. It's nine seven. No, a goal. no way. They could have actually tied it up on the power play, but they gave up a short-handed goal. <laughs> they they deserve to lose at that point. And the funniest thing is that Steve Dangle is doing the watch game with Steve Dangle right now. So I can only imagine what's happening. And they're probably gonna end up winning, but still the the LFR is gonna be legendary. The the fact it even got this close in the first place. Um before we get into anything. Uh, hockey really well we we already did but before we get any further um just want to briefly touch on what's been happening in ukraine right now um obviously on the show we don't want to shy away from talking things like that and, and it really sucks right now um obviously there's been a lot of sports implications of it i think we saw the the tennis player i forget his name as we saw him right on that camera no war please and we've seen the implications with nhl players the big one was alex ovechkin but um the, the thing is like no matter like like no matter what you want of these guys you can't really get them to say too much because Look at Russia as a country. They don't. They don't. They don't care about human rights. They. They. They don't. Vladimir Putin is a terrible human being, and you see these these anti-war prote- protests in Moscow and Saint Petersburg, and a bunch of people got arrested. And most importantly, the the people in Ukraine that have to deal with this, that have to flee their country, leave everything behind just because it really it just comes down to Vladimir Putin's ego and just wanting to like basically all it is like ukraine's fighting for their country their life what is russia really fighting for nothing really they're they just want more land like it's it's basically ego-based that's all i can say so my heart's with the ukrainian people that are going through this right now and 
fun fact like i did not know this like i knew canada always had a big ukrainian population but canada has the third largest ukrainian population in the world like behind ukraine and russia ukraine's obviously number one then russia's number two and i believe edmonton is has the largest ukrainian population in canada so i live in edmonton I have a lot of friends that uh, this immediately impacts. I know that they have relatives over in Ukraine. I believe they were at uh, the legislature, the, the legislature building yesterday. I cannot talk. Um, and they were just like uh, protesting peacefully. Obviously, they're holding a bunch of Ukrainian flags, just no war. And I eventually hope everything settles. And that's all I have to say about that. And um, I'm pretty sure there's obviously links uh, to donate and help out Ukrainian people. I'm going to uh, put that once I tweet the podcast link out. And there, it's just, there's so many heartbreaking stories. I'm so thankful to be living in Canada right now. Like, obviously, the, the like the whole trucker convoy thing. But when you look at it, I'm so, I'm so lucky I get to live in Canada, like, for the most, like, pretty much. Is I, I never have to worry about this stuff. So I'll never, never take that for granted. I think I saw the story of... Uh, this family they had to go to they left for poland they had to leave their whole house behind and they were very disappointed but they were happy that they got to bring their cats so i'm like i I literally teared up reading that story so um i don't know if you have anything to touch on for that but uh just again my my thoughts are are with the ukrainian people right now because it's just i don't even know how to describe it like i think having like having this go on twitter right now like i i don't think people can like fully rationalize what's happening or put into words yeah it's uh, my thoughts just go out to everyone in ukraine it's not much to say about it that hasn't already been said i to be honest um like you said it's just one man's ego and that's where this all stems from it's really sad at the end of the day yeah so. it really is um so as always it seems like take the uh, hard right hand turned here um <laughs> Let's talk about another crazy game that happened last night and involving uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. They beat the New Jersey Devils 8-5. to five. And the funny thing about that game was, I remember it started off so slow. There was something like 10 whistles in the first five minutes. And I've been super sick the uh, past few days. I actually got COVID and I basically slept through the, <laughs> slept through the past few days. And I like, I'm like, okay, well, whatever, I'll watch this game. I haven't done anything anyways, so might as well. And I'm like this, uh, <laughs> watching this, uh, having COVID and watching a Blackhawks game was not a great combination. I kind of like dozed off in the first period, but oh, pardon me. Once the second period happened, I'm like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> I think it was, God, well, I can't even remember what the score was after the second, but like it, what, what it, it was 4-3. 4-3, really, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it, kind of, it felt exactly like that Red Wings game from a month ago where it was 8-5 to five or 8-6. to six. Yeah, something, that's like the second game Detroit's been in this year where it's like it was, what, 8-6 to six and now they're 9-7 <laughs> with Toronto. So, mm-hmm. they, they just like playing those high goal, goal scoring games, I guess. And yeah, not much, not much to cheer for for the Blackhawks right now. To be honest, uh, it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough few years. There's not really much to look forward to. So, it's it's really a matter of this trade deadline who's going to be the GM. But for now, I think just even seeing a crazy win like that, I think is just that's got to be. It's good for the fans and it's good for the players and uh, also good for uh, Brendan Hagel's trade value. First hat trick in uh, the United Center. Good for him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think you need wins like this on a team that's 
well, one, they haven't had a lot of wins this year, so that's one. But then there's also Marner's got four goals. It's ten seven. What the hell is that? <laughs> really? Oh my god! What the heck is going on? That's um, so funny. Like it's so funny with Leafs fans because they're so split on Marner. There's still obviously Leafs fans that love Marner, but then there's some that just cannot stand him still because of the performances he put on. But that that's so funny. Ten to seven. Michael Bunting has five points tonight. <laughs> Calder in oh my mind. Gosh, this is insane. But um, speaking of insane games, that Blackhawks game got cracked wide open right after. Um, I want to say Michael McLeod took a run at Connor Murphy. Yeah, and obviously Murphy got banged up the last game for a little, or got hit high last game. So that's something to be worried about. And Carpenter went right in and defended him. And I feel like that's one thing I've been talking to you guys off the show a lot about is if this team's gonna stink, you better stand up for yourself when you're getting your teeth kicked in. And what Ryan Carpenter did is exactly what this team needs him to do. And he ended up drawing an instigator penalty on top of that, which ended up being the game or the tying goal for Patrick Kane. And then that kind of set off their power play goal frenzy in the second period. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of good things to talk about in this game. Obviously, Brandon Hankel first career hat trick. He had a fantastic game. Uh, Alex Dabrinkit, I thought had a very solid game too. And um, one of the main that's probably not going to get talked about as much because of dueling hat tricks, but Kirby Doc's goal was that's, that's, that's the Kirby Doc we saw when, or we were like uh, marketed when he was drafted third overall. We've that's seen Saskatoon Blades Kirby Doc. That's 2020 100%. playoff bubble Kirby Doc. Exactly. That like, that's like Kirby Doc at the beginning of his rookie year when he was pulling those moves, like he's getting his swagger back and you could tell, and you heard him say in the interview, after the game, he was talking about how he was reading the defense and everyone on the bench was talking about how they go down early. And that's why he attacked the net. And listen, if he's making reads like that and he can just slowly start progressing with his game, that's going to be such a positive for the Hawks. And it sounds like, like, I think Derek King juggled the lines late in the game. So I think he's with Hagel and Lafferty or something like that. But Doc's at his best when he's got the puck, like he said last show. And that showed last, or, um, you know, last game. And, uh, I mean, Patrick Kane got a hat trick. We expect that of him. It's nice to see him score some goals. I'll say that much because, you know, you know my opinion. That on was that. like his, what, second hat trick of the year. And I think that he has, what, 16 goals on the year, something like that. So like that. six of his goals have, like, he had the hat trick against Ottawa and the hat trick against uh, New Jersey last night. So that's like six of his 15 or 16 goals or whatever it's been. Or, a bit of coming two games and I, I saw another thing that's their only their fourth regulation win in Chicago this year which yeah, which sucks. is which is crazy to think and I'm pretty sure the first one was against Ottawa the second one was against Arizona it sucks <laughs> it's it's a bit of a year again I can remember the games that they've won in regulation in Chicago they also shut out Anaheim three nothing and then that yeah. win um a lot of overtime wins a lot of shootout wins but yeah no regulation wins no and honestly that game kind of just was like the 2018-19 Hawks where yeah. they just kind of scored their way out of the problems. And like the two goals, Doc and Carpenter going back-to-back, I was like, all right, maybe they'll close it out. And then Brack got a goal, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, now someone's going to Talking at the caller a bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Just, I mean, one thing with the Devils that you can clearly tell is they're going to be a problem in like a year or two. Oh, they Jack got, is so fucking good, man. Jesper Bratt was incredible last game. And Dougie Hamilton's back now because he – I think he had a broken jaw. That's why he was out or something like that, or a fractured face. Seth Jones could never. Am I right? Seth Jones had three assists <laughs> and was a minus two. Classic Seth Jones. Also, like, can we stop putting Seth Jones and Caleb or uh, 
Eric Gustafson. Like, can we stop that? No. Please? Can we just not with Eric Gustafson? Can we just send Honestly, waivers? Regula and Galvis looked fine last night. Honestly, I like Regula's game. I think he could be fine. Yeah, and... Galvis got sent back down. I think Phillips got sent back up. And it says a lot about how bad Eric Gustafson is, is that DeHaan, McCabe, and Stillman are out. And he, I don't even think he should still be on the team. Like, there's other yeah. left-hand defensemen you could call. Fuck, fuck sakes. Even give, yeah, get Nicholas Bodan a chance. Like, it literally... <laughs> it's, any of them are better at Gustafson at this point. I really hope, even if it's a conditional seventh, I really hope they trade him at the trade deadline and get at least something for him. Yeah, they gotta. I, to be honest, I I really like the way he returned. Like I thought he was playing solid but defensively, but now he's just back to the same old Eric Gustafson, where he's just like, or he's just like making these, or like he's always like like pinching at the. That's what I was trying to say. He's always like pinching at the blue line and getting caught. That's what I was trying to say. And it's 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 just not changing. I'm 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 done. I'm over it. And that's what I'm looking forward to with this next GM is that we're not going to see any more of this former Blackhawks bullshit. And now that we have our finalists, we can kind of gauge where we might be going with this franchise. Yeah. Um. Another thing, he wasn't great, but I think it's good for Kevin Lincoln to get a win. He's been out First for Thanksgiving. Jesus. Lord. Yeah, I know. Um, I didn't think he looked great, but I also didn't think he looked bad. Obviously, the, the Blackhawks defense didn't do any favors, but nice of him to at least get a win. That's a start. So, yeah. Um, so we're going to get, like you brought up, we're going to go on to the uh, GM search, uh, narrow down to three candidates now. Um, I don't know if we ever brought up, but Teresa Rich, Wrench, I forget what her name was. Um, she was part of the Toronto Raptors organization. Ellie Freeman did report that the Blackhawks were interview interview with her, but uh, the, the Blackhawks, like Twitter, didn't ever announce it. So um, I'm not exactly sure what happened there. But either way, the three finalists are the interim GM Kyle Davidson, uh, Matthew Darsh from Tampa Bay, and then Jeff Greenberg, who works with the Chicago Cubs. I do. At the end of the day, I still do think it's Kyle Davidson. Um, <laughs> I think Matthew Darsh is a very good candidate. Like, If you just want to go solely off the fact that he's been part of the winning culture in Tampa Bay that'd be nice to bring him and then Jeff Greenberg is definitely a choice but like reading more into it yeah he played hockey as a young guy so he has some understanding for the game but I just I don't know how you can sell that to your fan base yeah we're gonna bring a baseball guy in to lead the future of a franchise but hey I guess yeah. it, it, no Peter Shirelli no Peter Shirelli on the list obviously yeah. the big omission is no Eric Tolsky it sucks I saw in the athletic that they were highly considering him, so I guess that's good that they 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 want to have that mind the like an analytical forward thinking GM. Maybe it's just not the time right now. But hey, no Peter Shirley. But yeah, you, you were gonna say. Yeah, I'm just no Peter Shirley kind of in the clear. And like yeah. from what it sounds like, from what like some of the quotes said, were they're trying to talk everyone into who they're trying to hire. I would, that doesn't sound like an organization that's going with Davidson or it doesn't sound like, because they're not, part of me thinks they're going to do something. We're going to try to keep Davidson and hire someone else. I feel like he's going to be here in summer. I don't think they're just going to be like, all right, you're out of here. guy. Get out of here. Yeah. You're not going to be part of my team going forward. But I just don't know how he's going to deal with like, okay, we're bringing on Darsh. We're going to want you to be the AGM again. And it's like, I don't, you know, he probably won't want to get demoted, but I mean, I've said it from the start. I, I want Matthew Darsh as the general manager. He's kind of gone around the coaching site or general manager cycle at least. Yeah, like I think he was a finalist. Times. Yeah, he was like a finalist in Montreal and Vancouver, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So 
he's obviously got the, you know, the recognition and he's been Breezeball's right-hand man, which I, it, Breezeball doesn't really get enough credit for the moves he's had to make no, to get he the was, Lightning those back-to-back cups. Yeah, he was Iserman's right-hand man. So, like, I think it says a lot about Matthew Darsh, like the, the, what is it called? The six degrees of separation. Exactly. So I, I'm still a firm believer in him. I really hope they get this GM announcement done within a week because they, I mean, the trade deadlines. They need to do it within the next few days, like March. They got to have it by March 1st. Yeah. Like do it Monday, honestly, or do it. Yeah. No, do it Monday because there's a game tomorrow. Perfect. But um, just get it done. Just get it done. We got to start like analyzing this roster, seeing who's going to stay, who's going to go. Um, how Calvin DeHaan needs to get healthy because they need to ship him out for picks. Um, I don't think Flurry's going to want to leave, but who knows? Stevie agrees. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm just curious to see what's going to happen. I don't think they're going to move Hagel, but obviously, no. if they get the package they're looking for, then go crazy. But hey, it helps the trade value, so that's fun. <laughs> Did you see his interviews where we're going to get into the Subban one, but another one where I think a couple of days ago, he said that uh, it's flattering that my, that my trade value is up that high, especially being a sixth round pick. And then he, he got interviewed after this game. He's like, I think I might be worth a couple first in Connor McDavid now. And, <laughs> and, and I think it's definitely smart for the Blackhawks to do their due diligence and see what they could get for Brandon Hagel, but just like seeing him talk and just the, the energy he brings every day. It, it would it would be nice to see him stay aboard and be a Blackhawk for a long time. Yeah, and that's a piece that you can build around. And like for, a, the, I know everyone wants to like if they can get the package, trade him. But guys, they have no forwards. Like they have no you forwards. Also, I think you want to. You obviously want to get prospects and draft picks, high end draft picks, going forward. But at the same time, you also need. You can't just strip it bare to to bare bone. You got to keep some players here. That's kind of the same thing with. Dylan Strom, unless you're getting your your socks taken off of you, um, blowing off of you, I, I don't think you should be trading him if you're if you're getting not much back. No, I agree. Like Doc Hagel, the Brinkett, Strom, that should be what you're building with. And then honestly, if they're gonna move Kane, do it in the summer. I don't think it makes sense to do it midseason. No, I don't think I never anyway, but any team could. Yeah. Just. See what the team's going to do from there. I, I'm excited to see Tyler Johnson back in the lineup next That's week. Good. It sounds yeah. like he'll be back Thursday. Um, I, I don't know when Taze is coming back. But, I mean, fuck, they're going to get their ass kicked by St. Louis tomorrow. So <laughs> what did we say? There's this threshold of teams. Uh, other than Columbus, whatever, whatever, whenever that was, I, I, I get catch that huge track of time. Like – there's a threshold of teams that they can be like, if you're like, if they're like maybe a few points even ahead of them or below them, Blackhawks probably have a good chance, but they're going up against a playoff team in St. Louis. I think they're in a divisional card. I don't think that's going to go over well tomorrow. I think yeah. Fleury's going to, I think Fleury's going to play great, but I, we might, we might, we might saw, see what we saw when they play them in St. Louis and they lost like five to one and they didn't. Okay, so death taxes and my Zoom crashing down uh, once again. I, I don't even remember where he went off, left off, but I want to get into Brandon Hagel's comments on PK Subban because this year it seems like, in particular, every time PK Subban plays, like there's at least one slew foot, and I don't know if I've heard quite the uh, 
the outburst it's not even an outburst really but like the comments that Brennan Hagel uh said towards PK Subban it's again Brennan Hagel hearing the comments he made about his trade value and now hearing the comments he made about PK Subban it's again that's like someone you want to keep on your team and I think that it's good to have someone like that in your locker room that like competitive and it's frustrating because it, it Brandon Hagel got the hat trick and it was a it was a like he was he was going to score in the open end and then PK Subban obviously tried to slew foot him and then they got into a big scrum like no there's no need for that to happen the game the game is pretty much out of reach and then it's it's just starting something for the sake of starting something and I don't I don't think he's even been fined for this and I'm I'm just, I'm just tired of PK Subban doing this like I I don't know what what he gets out of this but anyways um yeah pk Subban needs to fucking grow up plain and simple i think that i don't know maybe you can go cry about it on his podcast some more because clearly he can't do anything to show for it on the ice like holy crap dude got cooked the entire game and this is bush league what he did like it exactly yeah it happens all the time and like it doesn't make it it doesn't you know make it okay like I remember a couple of years ago, Panarin got a hat trick and Keith Yandel slashed him in the leg and he went flying into the boards. Like, dude, you can't do stuff like that. It's just, it's dangerous. Like, you're lucky Hagel didn't go face first into the crossbar or something. Mm-hmm. Or like, it, it's just so many, it's just such an avoidable play. And then he goes and fights Hagel after the play, which is even more funny. Like, do you just, is that like your way of getting on the stat card nowadays, bud? Like, geez. Uh, just that's like my, that's my whole takeaway from this he always does this and it seems like we've seen this a lot uh, i think i'm thinking about the mark shifley thing from last year in the playoffs where he uh or, or i think i think it was jake evans on montreal like he cried what, what even happened again i can't remember but <laughs> mark shifley no jake evans like went around the net for an empty net yeah, and mark shifley clocked him mm-hmm. like coming 180 feet up the ice clock and it's just like that stuff like that doesn't need to be in the game and like it's like, oh yeah, you go to play defense on the guy who's scoring the empty net goal. It's like there's a difference between playing defense and taking a blatant penalty trying to hurt someone. Mm-hmm. That's that's the difference. It's, it's an empty net, and I understand wanting to play, <laughs> wanting to play defense and play for the full minute. But there's a difference between doing that and like almost trying to murder someone. I and. Agree. It's not like PK Subban. Obviously, he tried. He did that and started fighting Hagel. But like, it seems like we've been seeing a lot where there'll be an empty net, and then players will just do dirty things, even though like the, there's not much you can do. Just do nothing. Like they're they're gonna score. So don't let this get out of hand. I think I saw Matt Zuccarello like slash someone in the legs as well on an empty net. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm just noticing that more, but no, I, it, I it's definitely happening. happening. It's just I don't know. It's just like so petty like if you're gonna show yeah. if you're gonna show them like back do it on the ice don't do it after the play yeah i don't whatever something something gentleman's sport anyways <laughs> this sport is far from a gentleman's sport <laughs> um i want to talk about uh get into some of the trade deadline stuff uh philip forsberg uh <laughs> does the nashville predators keep him i think they do because i feel like with every big name UFA they've had, whether that's at home last year, there's rumors, do they trade him? And then they sign him to the big extension. And I think they're going to do the same with Philip Forsberg. I'd be surprised if he got moved. Yeah. I think as soon as that 
that got announced that they're actively shopping Forsberg. I just texted the chat and I was just like, yep. So he's, oh, getting so he's starting an eight year, eight year deal. Like, yeah. That's cool. Um, I don't get why Nashville's trying to sell Forsberg unless they really are confident they can't re-sign him. Then I guess you have to get some sort of trade value for him. But the guy has 27 goals. He literally just scored like three seconds ago. Um, 44 points in 39 games in the season. He's on pace to have one of his best seasons of his career. He's a perennial 50, 60 point guy for the last couple of years or uh, for a while. And now he's kind of like a 50 point guy, but obviously he's playing, on Nashville. Away. He's yeah. playing on Nashville. And like the other thing with Nashville, they're, I'm pretty sure they're second in the division. If I yeah, recall, they're, they're why are you here. selling? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand that. And I, <laughs> You're going to love this one. If they trade him, they should trade him for Kevin Fiala and go full circle. Because, <laughs> oh like, Minnesota has to go for it. So they have to get a one-year rental. You get Fiala. Who There's no RFA. way. And Fiala's an happening. RFA. There's no way in hell they're going to be able to resign him. It'd just be hilarious. But, um, shoot. If not that they'd be able to sign Forsberg anyways, but, like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Forsberg's funny. the kind of guy the Hawks need if they – like they, they, he's the kind of player any team needs. He's just oh, if he hits the market, the Hawks gotta go after gotta him. Be all over him. Gotta mm-hmm. be all over him. I don't care. Like that's that's the kind of player. Like he's twenty seven. That's the kind of guy you could throw six seven years at and be okay. But um, I like if they, he gets traded, I don't even I can't even imagine some of these contenders if they had Forsberg in their top six, like a Florida, a Tampa. So what's at Boston? I'm like, oh boy, that would be, oh my God. Uh, Boston's getting Giroux, remember? Yeah. <laughs> they, they need a center, really, yeah. really anything, but. But um, I don't, they should just keep him. They really should just keep him. I don't see why you would trade him. I'm pretty sure he's like one of their best franchise players they've ever had. Got him and, for Martin Erak and Mike or Martin Erak and Michael Latta, I think, for uh, Rockford oh, yeah. Ice Hog Legend. What a terrible trade! That's that's gotta be one of the worst trades in history. Oh, it's terrible. Enough. Yeah, it's terrible. And I mean, okay, it's fine though, because like you know, Washington got a cup, but like, yeah, but well, Tom Wilson, did you know that they drafted Tom Wilson and Philip Forsberg with two first round picks in 2012? Weird to think that's about actually that. a good draft. Wow, okay see you but um yeah don't trade him i don't see why and if you do hawks better go sign him in july or august yeah. whenever free agency is. yeah i think it's i think it's july 13th this year so i believe the draft is on july 7th and then the second day is july and then i think free agency is july 13th it's weird but okay. that's that's, that's that's covid world that's covid reality um pretty much it seems like we're the same thing with nashville last year where they're just in they're in they're in mediocrity. They're they're gonna they're gonna comfortably make the playoffs, but whoever they face, they might have a chance in round one. But once they go into round two, they're yeah they're gonna have to. Well, I guess it, I guess it depends how it works. So, but yeah, they're gonna face Minnesota. Okay, never mind. They're gonna face Minnesota in the in the first round. There's a good chance of that, and I think Minnesota beats them. And even if they, by some grace of God, they get out of the first round, they're gonna have to face Colorado. So. Yeah, I think that I think that goes towards my point where Nashville. I could understand them trying to to shop Philip Forsberg because he is a younger forward, and maybe you could get that return back. Because with Nashville, it just feels yeah. like they're they keep making they're like they're always there. They're good enough to make the playoffs, but they're not good enough. They're almost they're like the Minnesota Minnesota Wild now. Yep. You either okay. Here's the thing: you either have to trade him or you have to double down. 
Yeah. And what do we say? What do we say? Sugar, get off the pot. They got to make a sugar get off the pot. So David Poyle, you either got to add to this team and make sure they actually make some noise in the playoffs this year, or you can pull Ken Holland and pick the year you're going to go for it and trade (laughs) Philip Forsberg. And if you wanted to trade Philip Forsberg, I promised you they would get a haul. I could see Edmonton all over that. Hmm? (laughs) Dude, imagine Forsberg on Edmonton. Holy crap. Him and as much as I hate Evander Kane, those two in like dry saddle on the line, you're you're not getting the puck ever. <laughs> you're never touching the puck. So, with literally any good forward on that team would be an improvement oh for them. Gosh. Or goalie, that would work. That's would the make... thing with Forsberg. He could literally fit it. Oh my gosh, you know where he should get traded to? Where? It's a team that's white hot right now, LA. Ooh. Go back with his buddy Arvidsson. Get another right, piece right. in the top six. And they're and they're gonna make the playoffs. At they, the they're second state. in the division. I think they're mm-hmm. ahead of Vegas. They're not, they, they've been quietly having a really good season right now. I, I called it, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, we both did. We both said yeah. they're going to no, be that's third. Right. That's right. Both and of us called doing it. better Ooh. right now. Shoot. Yeah. Like, obviously, Vegas hasn't been healthy. But, yeah. like, if L.A. wants to make some noise and it looks like that division is going to be tough with Calgary and Vegas, Ooh, oh, man, yeah. wouldn't Forsberg look good in that for Forsberg, Kopitar, uh, Kempe, or just put it put him with the no in Arvidsson? Oh, my gosh. Like, come on. Awesome. LA is good, and they're going to be good for a long time. They're what I hope the Blackhawks will be in a few years with a few years yes. of patience and drafting and getting prospects. Shout out to Trevor Moore, by the way. He's got like 29 points this year. <laughs> does he actually? He does. I saw that last night. I was like, oh, my gosh, look at Trevor Moore. Good for him. He's, he's playing with Deneau and Arvidsson, and that line's been lighting it up. So good yeah. for him. And uh, that, that's that's my hot take, though. I would love to see Forsberg in L.A. That would be a good fit. And I could see them going after that, too. And, and they got the prospects to do it, too. It's especially like forward had... prospects. Yeah, if Nashville wants to acquire young forward talent, L.A. is definitely the team to look at. Oh, yeah. I could see, like, a Kupari going the other way or something. Or a Kill Thomas, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably not Turcotte or, or Clark. Oh, no. But unless, that's, unless there's an extension involved, obviously. And then if that's the case, I could definitely see one of those two going the other way. But, yeah, it, it, Forsberg or, or not Forsberg. Nashville's just in a really interesting spot right now because I, I let me go look at their contracts real quick actually because I'm curious as to, um, you know who is like a free agent this year that they could you know, you know delve off in the trade deadline and stuff. Why is Nashville so far down? Okay, there they are. I didn't realize they had that much cap space. Um, okay, so they really don't have that many uh, UFAs to be honest. Like David Riddick. Uh, Matt, Matt Benning and Ben Harper. Oh. RFA-wise, they got Luke Cunning. That's probably going to cost a little bit. But besides that, like, they're they're good. They got Yossi uh, locked up forever. They got uh, Johansson and Duchesne for another few years. So, yeah. They got Sissons. They got Tolman on that really good deal, which is going to look better every year. Tomasino. How does Colin Sissons sign for? I know he has, like, one of those weird contracts where he signs for, like, seven signs years. for five more years. <laughs> At like two point eight, that's good for him. Like I have never seen a fourth liner get an eight year deal, so like good on him. And like actually, he's been really good this year, so that's good on him. I think he's got like twenty something. Like he's above half a point a game, which is good for him. Um, Obviously, they got that at home extension kicking in next year. Like their defense is pretty set, if I'm being honest. Why are they paying Mark Borietsky two million dollars this year? What? Okay. Well, that's Nashville, but um. And then they got Alex Carrier, who's been super good this year. Yeah, like, very underrated. Mm-hmm. I, that's why I just don't get them trading Forsberg. Like, I know I keep circling, but it's just like I don't understand what they're doing. And like, like you and I both said, 
probably an extension coming. Like, let's yeah. be honest. I think I saw Elliot Freeman's 32 thoughts that he does get more than Johansson or Duchesne, so it's going to be at least eight and a half million, but not as much as Yossi. So, so I'm thinking like eight point eight and a half, eight point seven five, maybe maybe even nine. Yeah, I'm thinking. Nine. <laughs> I'm thinking he's getting the Skinner deal wherever he goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is fine, honestly. A guy like Forsberg deserves that contract, in my opinion, from the rate he scores goals. Obviously, I mean, if his point totals were lower, I would say he maybe get like an Anders Lee contract, but not. Nah, he's gonna get north of eight if he stays in Nashville. He's gonna get north of eight if he goes to the market. So he's a bit should be interesting. Too. Forsberg's gonna make a lot of money this offseason, and he's yeah. Only helping himself at scoring like 27 goals in 40 games. So, oh, really? Is that 27? Okay, he just scored. It shows nine, you, so. Oh, it just shows you how behind I'm on a lot of the stats. Oh, yeah, no, I, I am too. I've just been looking at him lately. I'm like, holy crap, this guy's having a good season. This guy's having a mm-hmm. good season. Yeah, Forsberg's over 20 game and he, he's missed some oh, time. Jesus, so. okay, yeah, I <laughs> yeah, let's dude. It. If Forsberg hits the UF, the Blackhawks got a totally local. come on, man. Kidding? Imagine him with Doc and like, Please. oh, yes, come on, yeah. I, you, they need it. That's the that's the big thing with crew. You need consistent line mates from just say, okay, here's Philip Forsberg for seven years. You're gonna glue Seriously. him to him. You're gonna play together. This is your guy. You get Forsberg and Alex Debrinkit and Brandon Hagel. Those are gonna be the wingers you mess with for the next while. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that would be so much fun. God, <sighs> what give we me can something only... to look forward to for once. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we can only. Uh, that's a pipe dream though. So back to reality. Um, oh, there goes gravity. No. <laughs> else? Yeah. So do we think Ben Sherratt's getting a first? Like, do we? That's gonna happen, right? Yeah, NHL GMs are NHL GMs, so yes, of course. Who's gonna do it? Uh, Is Toronto gonna do it because they just gave up seven goals? <laughs> they need a goalie, dude. I, I don't know, man. You might need that stalwart defenseman to block those no, that's shots. That's right. You need someone to cross check someone in the brain in the playoffs. <laughs> they need Calvin DeHaan. <laughs> give us, dude, give us Nick Robertson. Unironically, Calvin DeHaan would be a better choice than Ben Chirot and for cheaper. Hundred percent. Calvin DeHaan should be the guy they like. Any of these teams go for that need a defenseman. I'm not even saying that bias. It's just he's got a one year deal. The Hawks will retain half most likely. He oh, can play will. a bottom four role. Like that's what you need on a contender. Like I wouldn't be if Tampa could make the cap work, they'd probably be all over it. But I don't think they can unless there's like double retention, which the league's known to do. That could so. also that could happen. I'm pretty sure when the Blackhawks trade Yamark last year, I bet I actually bet we'll see quite a bit of that this year more than last Leonard year. Leonard got double retention too. Yep, a couple of years ago. So. They'll get creative, and that's why I'm excited to see what the GM does because you could get really creative with Calvin DeHaan at the hey, deadline. And if Matthew what Bagnata said's true, listen, get a first for DeHaan, I, I won't complain, and Calvin DeHaan's legacy in Chicago will look a lot better. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> hey, hey, Matthew Darsh, if he's in Chicago. Matthew is... Darsh's first move gets a first for DeHaan. Holy shit. Going to Tampa, I'll be like, hey, hey we'll, uh, we'll retain this guy, give him half off. You know what, we – Get carpet too. Why not? Yeah, we, yeah. We'll even throw one of our three third round picks in there. Swing us a first round pick the other way, please. Oh my god, please. That'd be awesome. Even be even awesome. though it's gonna be probably 32 again, like just something, please. Also, where do you think John Klingberg goes? Because like I we talked to Colby on the Florida show, and he was saying I, we were we he was talking about how Nashville or not Nashville, Florida would be a perfect different cat. Florida would be a perfect fit for him. And I have to agree 100%. I know everyone wants Chikrin, but, like, I watch that Florida team, and if they can get another power play quarterback, look out. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, sorry. Yeah, because you got 
Weger can play the left side. You got you got Gustav Forsling and Lucas Carlson that could also play left side. So if you can have that as your left side and then have Ekblad and Klingberg and whoever the fuck else, I think you're setting your yourself up quite nicely. Oh yeah. Where, where do you think Klingberg goes? Or do you think Dallas is hangs on to him? Uh, I don't think I actually don't think Dallas hangs on to him. I do think he gets uh-huh. traded though. Oh, wow. Dallas is pushing for the playoffs. You got to think that's like a player for player move type thing. Yeah, if yeah, that, that's that's going to be definitely interesting to watch. But I I do think Dallas does trade John Klingberg, and either they get like a player that can help them back, or the assets that they get back for Klingberg can help them get another player. Hundred percent, and that's just what I'm curious about because if Dallas is really pushing for that wild card spot, they're going to want someone that's going to help them. But at the same time, you could pull with St. Louis Blues. And they did that a couple years ago, and it worked wonders for them. So there's two routes they could go, obviously. Um, I just had the demon thought of, like, Vegas with uh, John Klingberg because they, they they're they going to have to get rid of cap space or something. So give them, like, I don't know. Uh, there's just, like, so many spots where Klingberg could go, and it's just like, oh, man, that's going to be a problem. Like, and John Klingberg to Boston would be good. Like, instantly when I think about – good like ufas like trade market players i uh, the the first team i always think about boston because they always seem to get those players especially with taylor hall and charlie Coyle, and they've made another move even rick nash a few years ago obviously wasn't a great move but it always just seems that boston's in on those kind of guys so i they're always the first team i think of yeah that's another one again doesn't always work out but i mean they got they try yeah they definitely try it like Coyle, that contract is not great but if they won the cup that year in 2019 when they traded for him, like we would be talking about him a lot different and obviously Taylor Hall. If I just thought about something with Dallas. If they wanted to go player for player type thing, Anaheim has to be a good destination spot. Ooh, yeah, or like Manson or mm. Raquel get one of those like guys at one year left, or they can give them a guy with turn. It depends which way Anaheim wants to go. Shoot, maybe Anaheim wants to go for it. They got the space and stuff to do it i wouldn't because they have so many pieces and they can get a haul but if that's the case there, there could be a fit there i i very much think so there's like there's just too many pieces that could you know go both ways i don't know i need to see where these teams are going to be in two weeks so i can start seeing who's going to sell and who's not basically yeah that's the thing so we need things can change within even a couple of days really 100 percent um, Derek Ryan getting a hat trick. <laughs> yeah, and the Oilers' goaltending issues are solved now with Miko Koskinen making over 40 saves. I got to go to the Oilers game against Minnesota, I think, last Sunday, almost a week now. That's crazy now. And they let in, like, I'm pretty sure four goals within the first 10 minutes. And Mike Smith let in all four of them. It was like four goals on six shots. Did you see that uh, compilation of, like, all the bad goals Mike Smith <laughs> Yeah. This year? Home, baby, they're terrible. Like, so many of them are, it's like, and there's a shot. Oh, my goodness, it went in. <laughs> That's like, oh, man. They they have, you better Stuart out. Skinner is their best goalie, and they have in the minors. They got to get rid of Mike Smith. I wonder if, like, if Lankanen can get on a heater in the Hawks. So that is the second or third. I can't even keep track now, because before we even start recording, the, the Zoom call crash, so... Um, I don't know if it's my computer or Zoom itself. I don't know if anyone else is having this problem, but like by probably by the next time we do our next podcast on Wednesday, we're probably gonna 
be recording with something different. But anyways, uh, I want to quickly wrap this up. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up, the Philadelphia Flyers are looking to trade Rasmus for Salai, and I saw this on 32 Thoughts. He's played 600 games, has not played a playoff series, and there's these few trades made this offseason. Oliver Ekman Larson got traded. Seth Jones obviously got traded, but the Flyers do not get enough shit for the, how bad that trade was. At least the Blackhawks they're they're as bad as the Flyers are, but at least, at least Seth Jones. Seth Jones well. is locked up. He's been good this year, and, and it doesn't even look like the Flyers are going to resign him. And also, I want to say I was right about the Flyers. I knew they were going to have a bad year, and yeah, they they've been bad this year. <laughs> yeah, no, one good prediction that's looked good. No sugarcoating that one. The Flyers have had shit injury luck, and they've been not good. No, so they need like they didn't hit on a single offseason acquisition. I mean, I guess Cam Atkinson's been all right, but that's Cam Atkinson. So, you know, looks good on you. As yeah, and I'm pretty sure Atkinson has a few more years left as well. So, yeah. Not that his contract is awful, but. Nobody's on the wrong side of 30. So, mm-hmm. it's just. Yeah, none of their none of their offseason signings or trades or whatever hit. They you had Elaine Vigneault as your coach, and then you fired him and had Mike Yo be the interim coach and thought that would fix that. I don't know if that was their exact process, but thought process, but yeah. Mike Yo was never did answer any problem. No. When are people gonna learn? When will you learn? When will <laughs> you learn that your actions have consequences? Yeah, Chuck Fletcher signing those Parisian super contracts in Minnesota and doing absolute jack shit in Philadelphia. Yeah. Can't wait to see him buy out fucking Kevin Hayes in a year. Great. <laughs> oh my god. That's a I I I so much respect to Kevin Hayes, but that's not a good contract. And good for him for getting that money, but that's not a good contract. He's a terrible injury luck. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know if we have anything else to touch on on the flies. We probably should <laughs> probably end this off before it crashes again. Anyways. Yeah, I got nothing else to add. Just... Yeah. On to St. Louis. <laughs> yeah. Um, they play tomorrow, I think, 2 p.m. Central. Uh, before we end things off here, uh, Godspeed to Rodian Amirov. He was diagnosed with a brain tumor, and it sounds like he's in the positive. He's, he seems to be all right right now. He's in the positive mindset. And, uh, again, Godspeed and good vibes towards uh, Rodian Amirov. 100%. All right. Um, anyways, again, yeah, before it, cra- <laughs> before it crashes again, uh, hopefully we don't have this anymore. Again, I don't know if this is Zoom Pro or my computer or whatever, but hopefully by next show we'll, we won't have this anymore because it's it's super fucking annoying. But anyways, uh, thank you all for tuning in. Hope you're enjoying your uh, weekend. I think we're recording this on Saturday night, but this will be out Sunday morning. So yeah, uh, peace out, everyone. <laughs>